And that's like it's like, where else have you said that this week? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, let, let's not talk about that. Uh, so, in true shit show fashion, here we are again uh, with a weird start to the show. Uh, to be honest, it's not that much of a shit show because we've actually launched on time every week since we started. Hey, I think doing... I can't remember more than two weeks ago, but Tom, we are doing well, and I think better than people expected us to do. So I would give this show. A banging. A double banging. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what are you drinking this evening? The big question, as always. This is going to be disgusting. Is it? What I'll, is it? I, have a, <laughs> I, I, I even messaged you and said, man, I found a fucking beer. So this is, right, look at the picture. <laughs> Was that a waffle? <laughs> <laughs> this is waffle and blueberry breakfast stout. <laughs> Ooh, blue waffle. It's called Breakfast Club 2.0. It sounds horrible. By Vocation Brewery. Well, yeah, enjoy that. This is apparently bigger, thicker, and fruitier than ever. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on to your belt buckles. This one's a proper feast. <laughs> proper feast, League. Proper feast, like oh, champion. Well, get that open and uh, let us know how it tastes. It's, it says it may contain sediment. And also, because it's... Uh, hold on. Where is it? Where's it from? This is from Crag Vale. Crag? Crag Vale, mate. Where's that? Three units in this can. It's six point nine percent. I need to wind it in for the, the fucking Wednesday nights. It's a strong waffle. What have you got? I've got uh, a Keys Brewery Hazy Sunrise New England Style IPA, and uh, it, it's pretty nice. Yeah, it's pretty damn good. It's pretty fruity. Well, this has got like slightly purple froth. It looks horrible. <laughs> like if you guys it looks like one this... of them do you, you know when you, you know when you make a coke float <laughs> yeah it should like, should it look like that i don't know what's it like like, on, like, a Guin- like a guinness like a guinness poo <laughs> oh, I, i'm actually nervous Ooh, it just tastes like chocolate oh. like Disappointed, I thought it'd be much more disgusting than that. So everything on the front is a lie. I've okay. got an emergency backup. <laughs> a stellar artorius. Yeah, just just in case. Nice. Right. So I was thinking earlier, do you know Aphex Twin? This is what I wanted to ask you about tonight. I know of Aphex Twin. I don't listen to them have much. You, have you not listened much? Have you, you, you haven't heard the song Funny Little Man? No. Because I was listening to it today and I thought of you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I mean, I am a little. I'm gonna, I, might, I might mix in a little clip, see if we can get away with it on our copyright strikes. But yeah, you okay. definitely your theme tune. Funny little man. Well, thank you very it's much. Least, yeah. All right. Let's cool. go. Yeah, this is uh, that 8 bit shit show. And this week we are looking at Robocop versus the Terminator on the Mega Drive. And that's the official intro music. Goosebumps. Oh, man, the music on Terminator is immense. Now, uh, I find I, man, go on. this is like a this is like a childhood wet dream of mine, a very robot focused wet dream. <laughs> man, you're a bit of a RoboCop uh, 
connoisseur, I think. So you know more about that than I do. I haven't seen. I wouldn't it call myself a, a connoisseur, but I'm definitely a fan of both the RoboCop and Terminator. No, I'm not a fan of RoboCop as a franchise because mm-hmm. most of it's wank. But the first film, right? The first film is a masterpiece, one of Verhoeven's finest, and the second film is interesting. It, that's not a glowing review, is it? So <laughs> no, but. Then you take Terminator, though, which has one of the best sequels of all time. Mm. You can see one really kind of fell off the rails where one of them peaked at number two. Yeah, and then never did anything good again. Well, a lot of people like Dark Fate and say it's amazing and stuff. And I saw it and was like, eh, nah. I like Salvation. Really? Not not many people like Salvation. No, I saw Salvation four times in the cinema. Jesus, you did like it. <laughs> wow. I know, I, I, I know. I won a month's free cinema tickets to the uh, Odeon in Birmingham. Right. I won a, a pass, and I was like, I'm fucking using this. And there was <laughs> right. nothing else. There was like no other movies I liked. So I went to sit through Terminator Salvation four times. Well, you can't argue with that. So, uh, Robocop versus Terminator. Let's talk about some background. Um, so, spawned obviously by the movies we're talking about. So. The Terminator that came out in 1984, um, and a bit of the, the, the sort of the premise to that, as if people don't already know, is that in the year 2029, a war is raging between uh, AI-controlled robots and humans. Humans had almost won, having smashed the defense grid. However, that's exactly the line that Car Reese uses, isn't he? He's like, "We'd won. The defense grid was smashed." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well done. It was over. <laughs> and then he fucks Linda Hamilton. Oh. However, the machine send a T-101 infiltration Terminator back in time to to kill Sarah Connor, the mother of John Connor, the leader of the Resistance. So there's your your quick two-second overview of the Terminator. I like it when he gets the wrong Sarah Connor and she's got a little lizard on the shelf. Yeah. And he's he's like battering her boyfriend. (laughs) Yeah. In his his pants. (laughs) And he picks up the lamp. He's like, I'm going to bust you up, man. Nah, I've, I've, you're not. I've seen, I've seen. Yeah, and then he ends up through the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Man, the first you don't one's... fuck with the Terminator. Like, even if you didn't know he was a Terminator. Well, yeah. I mean, he's huge. He looks hard as fuck. Yeah. Like that bit where he kills Bill Paxton at the start. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you just wouldn't man. mess with him. Like, the first film's quite like dark, isn't it? It's like compared to the second film. First film's... Yeah, the first one's excellent sci-fi horror movie, just one of the greatest movies ever made. Absolutely. And so is the second one. Talk to us about Robocop, Tom. Robocop is um, one of Paul Verhoeven's great satire sci-fi movies. And to me, when, so when you watch it as a kid, it's it's like, well, get, what it gets you is the hyper-violence. Like, it's a fucking horrendously violent film. And it's set in dystopian future Detroit, and the city's become overrun by crime. So the city make a deal with mega corporation OCP, which is, as we mentioned last week, Omni Consumer Products, um, to take charge of the police, the city police, and basically run their own, the police themselves. Um, there's privatization gone crazy. So this is like, there's a satirical look at corporization um, of things and privatization and when capitalism and poverty both go to their absolute extremes because of each other. And then good cop, like super good guy cop, Alex Murphy gets killed by these thugs who later on you find out are actually like entwined in OCP's meddling with, with everything. Cause they're, you know, we're trying to set things up and they're trying to create more crime so that they can fight it with, with their robotic things. They robotic police they're trying to push and they, they develop this 
robot policeman who is fucking scary as hell. He's called <laughs> Ed 209. And he's basically a giant microphone with machine guns for arms who growls. <laughs> and he malfunctions and fucking eviscerates this dude in the boardroom. Like the most like the most violent shooting you've ever seen. Just like chunks of him flying around. Yeah. You have ten seconds to comply. The whole film, and, man, is, is yeah. super violent. Uh so then they're like, oh right, well, we're gonna do there's another dude there, um, who's played by the guy I can't remember who who's in the stand, amazing actor who has this other program going on and he develops Robocop as a cyborg, which is an enhanced version of, they use Alex Murphy because he's all fucked up. And uh, they rebuild him into a prototype cyborg unit. But the difference with him and Terminator, he has a human brain. And although they've reprogrammed it and put a computer chip in and made him like not, you know, be able to follow programmable orders, the human side of him comes out and he ends up like basically stalking his ex-wife and, and <laughs> And having remorse and guilt and dreams and flashbacks. Yeah, um, yeah. In the end, they the OCP want to get rid of him, so they try and kill him. But then he goes into the boardroom and he's like, Dick Jones, who's like one of the bosses at OCP, like the second in command. He's he's fucking naughty. I've got proof. He's killed Bob Jones. And uh, <laughs> at least the real <laughs> he, he, did kill, he did kill Bob Jones. <laughs> okay. Bob Jones made a mistake. That's why I had him killed. Nice. And then uh. No, it might not be Bob Jones. Bob Mortimer? I don't know. Dick Bob Jones Mortimer. and Bob... <laughs> not Bob Mortimer. <laughs> That's Vic Reeves' Bob Mortimer. Anyway, Bob made a mistake and Dick Jones had him killed. But then <laughs> fucking Robocop comes in and he's like, oh, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to arrest you. You're a dickhead. And then he goes to do it and he can't do it because it says, oh, Directive 4, and we'll come on to the prime directives in this game because they're hilarious. Directive 4 is you can never like move on an OCP officer and then the big boss gets taken hostage and the big boss goes, Dick, you're fired. And then Robocop's <laughs> like, thank you. Fucking <laughs> Fucking love it. Fucking nice. love it. See? That was Robocop in two minutes. You've absolutely nailed it. Uh, apart from Bob Mortimer, I don't think he was in it. But... <laughs> I don't know what. Wait, let me go on to IMDb. <laughs> it's not going to say Bob because Mortimer. The, guy, M- M- the guy's called Miguel something. Miguel, okay. Miguel, Mig- Miguel. <laughs> um, Miguel Ferrer play Morton, Bob Morton. Ah, uh, you you were halfway. I was there. fucking close. Okay, like, it would have been way funnier if it was Bob Mortimer, <laughs> and he was like the crow from below. <laughs> <laughs> and Vic Reeves was like Ed Two Hundred Nine. Man, it's a fly keeps buzzing past me. It's doing my head in. Sorry. However, <laughs> if I had to rank him. I can shut up about the fly. Sorry. If I had to rank him, I think Terminator edges out Robocop as a movie. Slightly. Ooh, yeah, I mean, I certainly prefer it, but I think there's there's always that argument, isn't there? Um, who is the not best? really? I think they're both masterpieces. Yeah, but I think people people have the argument on who would beat who. Um, well, that's where this game comes from. Yeah, well, not where the game comes from. That's where the comic that preceded the game came from. Mm-hmm. It is Alien versus Predator, Freddy versus Jason, Batman versus Superman, and funnily enough, there was um, Mars Attacks versus Popeye. As a comic. What the fuck? When I was when I was looking into these. Oh my god, that's not. A... Richard, that's that's a matchup I'd like a game of. Yeah, it's fucking weird. I like so it. So can we just talk for twenty minutes about how good Mars Attacks is? Um, we cannot. No, I'm <laughs> sure I'm shutting Shame. that down. It's a great film, but we'll t- we'll save that for another time. Maybe on the Six Club. Rub. Hey, we are your friends. Right, moving on. So the comic book then, where did that come from? Because I I wasn't even aware of this. So, 
let's give a little bit of background to the comic book. After they made Robocop, so the comic book started from more the Robocop side because it was a bunch of it was a bunch of Robocop and Terminator comics, okay? Mm-hmm. Written by different people. At one point Marvel had the rights to Robocop. It's crazy stuff. And they, they even pitted him against Beer Gut Man at some one point. He had his own like villains. <laughs> nice. Um Frank Miller was hired to write the script for Robocop 2. So Good. we straight away get into our non too tenuous comic book link. And it resulted in a pretty average movie but what happened in the, before we got the average movie is his script was really heavily criticized they said you're a comic book writer you haven't got any you can't put the brakes on your imagination right yeah, and yeah. he wrote something that they claimed to be unfilmable so miller's original script was rewritten and rewritten and rewritten about four or five times until it became this bizarre fucking um movie starring tom noonan who i absolutely adore from last action hero oh. uh as kane the leader of this like drug producing empire where they've got everyone hooked on this, this drug. Uh, and that's made crime even more and more and more in Detroit and etc. We won't go too much into the sequel. Miller's original script, however, was realized in a comic book form, which right. probably I should have been, but then the license went to Marvel, as I said, and Marvel censored it heavily, gave him like silly comic book style enemies. And we look at the Terminator comics. They were first released between Terminator one and two by now comics. Um, they eventually released Terminator Burning Earth, which I have read and is like a high point in the series. Uh, now it did go bankrupt, so obviously it wasn't that much of a high point in the series. Um, Dark Horse then took the Terminator franchise over, and as Dark Horse do, and are known for doing, made it more gritty, more adult-oriented. Eventually, Dark Horse ended up with the rights to Robocop as well. And this would be in the early 90s, so it's 992, I think. Mm-hmm. And they brought Frank Miller on board and said, you've done some Robocop. You're pretty You're pretty good, I've heard, Frank Miller. <laughs> you know about them comic books, them, them kids' colouring books. <laughs> Write us a four-issue miniseries for Robocop versus Terminator, which was published in 92, drawn by Walt, Walt Simonson. Mm. So... Dave, Dave, who talks to us on Discord all the time, he's going to like this little background. He's probably going to tell me I'm wrong about all of it. But he is a big comic book fan, and he actually requested that we cover this game. So this is for you, Dave. Um, so he used elements for Robocop and Terminator, and he came together with a story where Skynet sent back three Terminators in time to Detroit to protect a, a troubled Robocop from a lone human soldier that was also sent back to destroy him. Um, the basic premise of this is that things transpire in the story, but the basic big twist is that the technology that was used to create Robocop was the beginning of the technology that went on to create Skynet and the Terminators. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So basically what we're saying, I guess, is what Dyson was working on at Cyberdyne yeah. somehow merged with what OCP were doing with Robocop, and this went on to create Skynet which was obviously Genesis in the Terminator movies later, yep. then Skynet, et cetera, et cetera. So it's actually quite a very clever merging mm. of the series because it makes a lot of sense. Well, it gives it, like, you know, some... Yeah, exactly. It, it gives it, it continuity. Yeah, yeah. Which is quite a cool thing to have done, really, and it's quite clever, as you well, say. Well, Miller lo- latched clever. on to the common thread, didn't he? <clears throat> and, and he used that time difference to say that basically Robocop was the primitive version of the Terminators. Now, it makes no sense why in the game Robocop kills about 50 billion Terminators. But <laughs> um, 
so anyway, this happens. And then later on, Robocop rebuilds himself in the future. And da, 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 da. we're not talking about the comics. So they decided to make a game for it. And yeah. this game was bought by the Virgin bought the rights. Um, I think they bought it for like two million Probably, for yeah. the game. Uh, however, the catch was they couldn't use any of the original artwork and stuff from the comic. So there was a couple of versions of this uh, developed. Virgin developed one in-house um, and published that. And then Virgin published other games for different platforms that were developed elsewhere. There was principally three, okay? There was a Super NES, a Genesis, and an NES version. Now, the NES version was canned. It looks absolutely wank. There is footage of it. It's been recovered. Like, people who do recover old games, so there's been ROMs from Epron Carts found, and people have played it and published footage. So, the two basic versions are the Mega Drive version and the Super NES version, and we've played the Mega Drive version, which is what it was principally designed for. This was also ported to way more systems, but we don't need to go too much into that. I mean, the Mega, there was a Game Gear Master System version, which was basically ported the Mega Drive Genesis version by Animat Software. Interplay did the SNES version. Real-Time Associates fucked up the NES version. And then someone called Unexpected Development did a real shocker for Game Boy, which did actually get released. Mm. Yeah, I mean, a bit of a departure for uh, Virgin Games, though, in terms of the content, right? So you have to put this over. Virgin were doing Aladdin, and they were doing a lot of that kind of stuff and Disney games. And they looked at this and they were have claimed to have been looking at Mortal Kombat, which had just come out. Right. Okay. I'm like, okay, let's, let's go fucking ham on the violence. <laughs> so they used Dave Perry's platformer engine, which we talked about before the, the earthworm, Jim cool spot, Aladdin mm-hmm. jungle book, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that engine, as we're seeing more and more was like proliferated in that era. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, global gladiators, all sorts of different games, but they also used, Timothy Williams became the lead designer. He was promoted from level designer from the Terminator on the Mega CD. And if you look at that game, you really see... There's like a crossover between the design. It's a hell of a lot of of influence from from his earlier work on that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they up the gore and violence. And allegedly one of the funny stories of this is that they had a a quick violence off toggle that when the higher-ups... Virgin came around to test the game and look at the progress. They could just flick it off, and then they just put it in at the end because. <laughs> That's well, obviously at that time it was, it would have been mad controversial, and they would have said tone it down a bit. And I think if this game was toned down from the violent level, it wouldn't be anywhere near nah. the as iconic as it is. Because don't forget, like we said before, Robocop was a hyper hyper violent movie for the time. Well, yeah, quite. And if it had taken the violence out of it, it would have had. A far less, even if it had just played it down. The SNES version didn't have the violence. Can you imagine them coming in and going, So, guys, what are you working on? Ah, oh, nothing, <laughs> just it's just this, uh, yeah, just, 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 uh, yeah, this, yeah. this thing, yeah, it's, it's really cool, yeah. No, there's no violence in it. Look, so that's kind of how we got to this game being made. Awesome, so it's I- fucking interesting story. I like, I like knowing the original idea for pitting them together. Because what I will say is, unless you read the manual, the story is not very apparent in this game. No, not at all. So, I mean, they do try and tell it through sort of small uh, introduction, introductory um, sort of... Prime Directive 1, avoid the bullets. <laughs> yeah. It's... That's literally what it says. Mission 1, avoid the bullets. Uh, 
so that yeah, there's like a little intro at the very start of the game, which sort of reads what the what the background is, but it's not not entirely clear. This beer's rank. <laughs> well, I mean, you could have. F- FYI. Yeah, I mean, you could have predicted. For our that. listeners, do not, do not. This one was bought by Lego, my mate Lego, who was supporting us on patreoncom slash Gaming. Cheers, Lego. Um, it's just like him to buy a shit beer, to be honest. Yeah, is that his thing? Yeah. <laughs> He's Ukrainian. I can't imagine they have any good beer. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to talk about the story then. Uh, so this is set a few years after Robocop's invention. And the story involves Sack Norad, which, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Can cop oh, it? On Sack Norad. It sounds like a French prime minister. <laughs> Sack Norad. That's what I'm. Borat. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, they contract Cyberdyne Systems uh, to build Skynet. Cyberdyne go and use Robocop's technology to create it. And when it's activated, obviously Skynet becomes self-aware and launches a war against mankind. In the future, then, Skynet send back several Terminators into the past to cripple the Resistance. And then after destroying one of the Terminators, Robocop proceeds to Delta City, where he confronts Robocane. Now, this is allegedly because that was not Robocane. I mean, I, I don't know what's going on. So, do you know, <laughs> do you know Robocane? Are you, are you fresh on Robocop 2? I'm not au okay fait with it. Like I said, I saw them so as a Kane kid. has Kane has his um, mind transferred into basically a big security robot with a screen on it. Uh, this okay. robot that you fight um, three or four levels into Robocop versus Terminator. Yeah. Looks very much like it, but I do not believe that it is Robocane. I think that this is just a security robot because right. I don't see anywhere that it has the screen where Kane's face is held, and it also doesn't have the the grabber. Right. So this this because he gra- he grabs like dudes and he looks at them and he's like fucking I'm looking at you. <laughs> yeah. Is that a direct quote? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what he says. <laughs> So, after Robocane was destroyed, Robocop battles his way to the OCP building, where he defeats all the Terminators. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> all, all, all of them. All ever. After defeating an Ed-29 unit, who is an absolute bastard. Ed-209. Sorry, Ed-209. Yeah, my bad. Uh, who's been reprogrammed by the Terminators, Robocop plugs himself into a console. With the big spike. Big old fist spike. I'm Man, who ex- put that on and didn't think it was a weapon? Like, that's what you use instead of a USB stick, for fuck's sake. <laughs> it's, it's like two foot <laughs> it's long. It's not safe. It's not safe. <laughs> Should we just put a USB on him? Nah. <laughs> Big fucking we'll spike. This, we'll have this proprietary spike. <laughs> well, unbeknownst to him, Robocop gave Skynet information it could then use. And this ends up with Robocop falling into a trap in the future. Sorry. In the future, Robocop assembles, assembles himself where he battled in the Terminator-infested future and ended up destroying Skynet. Not a straightforward so, story, Tom. Kane, right, I don't want to get sidetracked anymore, but I'm going There's a scene in Robocop 2 where they've got this corrupt cop working for Kane who's like an informant because he's addicted to the drug. I can't remember what the fucking drug's called. So he's addicted to this fat cop dude, and a Robocop catches him, and he's like, you're a disgrace to the force or whatever. Uh-huh. Nice. Um, let me just find out what the drug is called. It is Nuke. Yeah, it's called Nuke. It's very much of the time. So Kane catches this dude and he 
brings him into like uh, on a hospital bed. He's like strapped down, and he's got like a surgeon next to him, like sharpening tools to scare him. Yeah. And then there's like a little kid with him that's always with the gang. And then someone says, "Oh, should the kid leave?" And Kane's like, "Why?" And then uh, the the dude's like on the bed, like, "Oh, don't! What, what are you doing? What are you doing?" Not, uh... And then anyway, then the dude like just fucking takes his scalpel and cuts him open like in front of everyone. Jesus Christ! And the kid looks away, and Kane like turns it, grabs a kid's head, and like points it back. This kid's like fucking thirteen or something. And then this woman goes, "Oh, what the fuck? You said you were just going to scare him." And Kane's like, "What? He doesn't look scared." <laughs> <laughs> wow! I I'm mean, like, oh, what? The yeah, fuck? that's gonna shit you up. Fucking hell, man! See, like the, the look on your face when you're describing that film, man. You can see the, like the love you've got for it. So you're like grinning from ear to ear, like it's just ludicrous. <laughs> right, I'm gonna talk about the game now. What we all came here for. So let's talk about. The Unfortunately, game. we're past the best bit. <laughs> yes, we are. Now let's talk about the game itself. The gameplay, I think, in this is generally quite solid um, and is pretty fun. So you've got a mix of uh, platforming. It gets fucking solid later on. It does get fucking solid halfway through. Um, so it's a mix of platforming and run and gun. And the controls allow you to fire straight, up, down, or diagonally. Um, uh, this game is Contra. Yes, if you want to give it or, a, uh, or, a comparison. Or Probotector, if you're EU or UK. It, it handles the same. Um, so yeah, if you, if you can think about, about how that handles, then you've got a pretty good idea. Of how it's basically a contra clone because the way the bullets move across the speed, the screen, how many you can fire, everything's derivative of contra, which is not a bad place to start for your gameplay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can, you can jump and crouch, um, which you can also combine with firing. And overall, I think the control scheme, it works pretty well, but it does get kind of janky and a little bit tough to, to, um, maneuver when there's a number of enemies on screen that it does mean you need some sharp reflexes to sort of get out of the situations no. i find it frustrating that when robocop jumps he stays completely in his standing position so he's like full height yeah it's... so you, you you're getting like you try to jump over bullets if there's another bullet above you you're getting like pranged and he he moves like as badly as you'd imagine robocop to move yeah i mean you can't... except he climbs he climbs ladders <laughs> like fucking 90 miles an hour <laughs> It's like, why don't you run that first? Nah. Um, I mean, don't expect to be able to avoid any enemy projectiles in this game either. I mean, you can avoid a few, but you're going to get hit. So unless you're some kind of wizard at this game. With with the bosses, you have to learn the patterns to avoid. But I think yeah. generally in the game, it's it's almost impossible, isn't it? Um, so I think it's just designed for you to sort of minimise your damage as you're going through um, and just obliterate the enemies as fast as you can. Um I bet there are people that can do it perfectly, but I'm not one of them. Uh, no, I think for the first two or three levels, I can avoid quite a lot of damage, but then it quite quickly becomes a bit of a bullet hell. Hell yes. So the platform itself, Tom, what do you think of that? I personally think it was a bit... Yeah, so it's, again, like rubbish. back to this Contra reference, it's not, it's not a platformer in the way... So to me, you've got two types of platform. This is um, a side squad shooter to me, as a running a shooter. It's... Because the platforming, when I describe a platformer, the platforming is the primary element. So Super Mario Bros, obviously the benchmark yeah. for this, is the game is about platforming. It's about getting from left to right with the most flow that you can. Mm -hmm. um, this isn't. This is a shooty game where you can jump on things. Yeah. In the same way that uh, Moonwalker was. I mentioned then that it's not really a platform. It's more of a beat-em-up. Well, this is more of a shoot-em-up 
with some platforming elements. Yeah, agree. And in my mind. It's not the most accomplished platforming uh, game either in terms of how it achieves it because it's it's a little bit off. It's the platformer in the same way that you wouldn't call Metal Slug a platformer. Yeah, true, true. So it doesn't work. Like, if, you, if you said to someone, what's Metal Slug, people would say it's a fucking action game. Yeah, and that's Shoot. what this is. Like, and, and that's what this is. It's not really a platformer uh-huh. in that sense. Uh-huh. No, definitely, I agree. Um, so essentially, you maraud your way through the levels. Um, I like that you put maraud. Well, I think that's how it's best to describe it. You just annihilate everything in your path. You don't Ro- stop shooting. Robo-pirate. Damn right. Um, now, you use a variety of guns in this, and I think there's a good variety of weapons, actually. <laughs> the fuck you gun is my favourite. Okay, which is the fuck you gun? The one that's like the homing thing. Oh, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Second, second level, it's ridiculous. If you've got that, you just like, all you do is you walk really, really slowly at the back of the screen and just keep firing. You should keep firing all the time in this game anyway. Like, there's no reason to not be shooting at any point. Exactly, yeah. Um, and I think that the designs on the weapons are all really sort of, uh, I think they're all really good. And there's different. I think the most out. unique one I'd is the grenade launcher. Well, you can direct the uh, grenades to the way you want. It's really yeah, cool. After you fired them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you yeah. can, like, you fire three or four, they're going in a straight mm-hmm. line, then you tap up and they immediately start moving up. So you can actually, like, if you've got someone on a platform somewhere else, you can, like, send the grenades forwards, up, backwards, up, left, and, like, manually, na- like the super sheep in Worms. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly <but> I- like that. <laughs> I mean, what a comparison to make. Um, I think, yeah, they're all well designed. They've all got different uh, effectiveness against certain enemy types. I think one of my favourites on was the, the flamethrower type gun. Um, I think it's meant to mimic uh, Robocop's flamethrower, although they come out... The one like, that fires the balls. Yeah, 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 like flame That's balls. That's a very Contra gun as well, yeah. It's fucking cool, and it's it's got a big area of effect, which makes it very effective. And it can also melt bullets that are coming into you, so really handy. Ah, yes, you're right, it can. It's a, It's one of the... Cancel. I like the laser that can like wipe out a Terminator in one shot. It's like a Terminator-style laser, like a yellow laser type thing. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, yeah, I think the enemy variety is pretty good across the levels in terms of uh, design, but they all do very relatively, you know, the same type of thing. So they all fire like small, <laughs> they shoot you small round projectiles at you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's not much uh, attack variety, is there? Um, and then I think the incoming fire on the screen at certain points that these enemies do produce is... I got overwhelmed by it by the halfway through. It was fucking hard. What are your thoughts on the gameplay? I think so. I think there's a bit of style over substance here. Mm. It's, a, it's a decent game in terms of playing. If I turn this into bilbo bob versus john jones or something that wasn't robocop versus terminator good name. like you know if i took if i took that license out of it and i took the, the style away from it yeah yeah i wouldn't be quite so interested the problem is is where it doesn't fare as well as your contras and things like that is that robocop's a bit slower and a bit bigger mm. it um it's not quite well. altered beast levels of like massive but it just doesn't quite flow as well but Robocop has to be big. He's an imposing dude. And like there's a lot of detail in the character model, a hell of a lot of detail in the sprite. I mean, yeah. Like, he actually great. looked he actually looks fucking fantastic. Yeah. The the look of this game is really good and the effects are really good. So like you shoot someone, they fucking explode. It's it's, it's awesome. Yeah. You yeah. know? They um, just explode into like a just a balloon of blood going off. Yeah. It's proper violent, isn't it? For the time. 
Um, so good. I remember when, when we did the unplugged thing, it was the first time you'd seen it, and I was like, check this out. And you were just like, what the fuck? <laughs> just fucking explode some guy immediately. It's the first thing you do. Uh, Level-wise, um, there's, there's a lot of levels on this. So are we going to talk about now? I, we've got, we have a little uh, yeah, behind-the-scenes for you here. We have a little Google Doc that keeps us well on track, which is why this is such a succinct show. Um, I've put a note here. Open the manual here for story progression for each level. Should we do that or not really bother? Because I think that might be a bit boring. I think it will be. I think there's not enough variety, which I think we're going to talk about anyway. Um, well, there's only really one. We've, we've talked about the story, and there's only really one beat, and it's at the point at which Robocop travels from present day to future day. Yeah. and not Future a, day, is that a word? It, it is now. <laughs> we're always breaking new ground. I said it before on this show. <laughs> you can catch us next future day. <laughs> for our next episode. So... Uh, you start off in Seattle, don't you? So you work through a series of levels. Seattle? Detroit. Seattle? Sorry, Detroit. I'm thinking of Last of Us. <laughs> Imagine Ellie versus Robocop. Oh, it's the next one. Robocop loses fucking horribly. <laughs> Stabbed in the neck. Uh, so you start off, yeah, working your way through the streets. and it's So the nice. streets of Detroit are actually my favourite looking levels. You're going past like off licenses and shops and tower blocks and you've got this the city the parallel scrolling with the city in the background with like this red sunset mm-hmm. it looks fucking cool as hell i think it matches the aesthetic of uh, robocop really well everyone wears blue track suits for no reason at all <laughs> and you meet loads your... of ladders everywhere you always climb up fire escapes and going along telephone wires like zip wiring along them yeah so there's there's a, a bit of variety and i like the look of this level as well um this set of levels and the music. And the music's pretty damn cool. Again, fits the, the Terminator Robocop theme. Um, meet your first Terminator at the end of this level. And I think. No, no, that was a very first level. There's two There's two parts, isn't there? Because when you look at the levels in the, the manual, they've all got like, names Streets of Detroit, Delta City under construction. The very first one's just called Trainer Level. Oh, yeah, Trainer Level. And the boss for this is just this buff ass dude. With like tiny legs, massive boobs, <laughs> skip leg day, and a really, really like tiny vest, who's taller than Robocop, and you just shoot him a few times, and then he vibrates and dis- disintegrates into blood. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about but that. But the one. real, the real level one, Streets of Detroit, you do meet probably the best boss in the game. It, it is the best boss in the game, I think. I no, think. it absolutely is the best boss. Um, it's really cool because Terminator comes on screen, you shoot him, you're like, right, got him. And he, he comes on in his infiltrator unit, but it's Arnie Sard, leather, leather jacket, shades, skin, hair, blood, bad breath, sweat, everything. Sorry. <laughs> no, you've already painted a picture there, man. I like it. Um, he does. He, he appears on the screen. You're like, fuck, it's Arnie. Oh, yeah. I need your, your clothes. Except it's, def- it's definitely some knockoff Arnie. Yeah, it's not Arnie. It's like, like Bernie Barney or something. Or something. Barney. <laughs> <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> oh man yes uh, yeah. so yeah Barney walks on <laughs> you fucking you kill the fuck out of him and he goes to ground and then he rises back up and he's got some of his ex, uh, exoskeleton missing so it's like his yeah, he goes down gone. three times doesn't he so like he comes up like bloody with like metal showing then he goes down and he comes up again full endoskeleton oh it's so cool it's did so... you ever think that the phrase endoskeleton just means skeleton <laughs> I didn't think that, but now you've said it, it makes more sense just to call it a skeleton. <laughs> yeah, it's just a metal endoskeleton, metal skeleton. Yeah. Okay, so 
now we've talked about the coolest bit of the game, let's talk about the rest of it. Uh, it, stay, it stays good for like four levels. I think about four is right. Uh, you go to Delta City under construction, which is, again, a pretty cool level. So it's like, if you can imagine, still girders everywhere. Um, love, a, love a girder. Loves a bloody girder. Uh, there's a lot of ladders to climb in this one. Um, there's a lot of secret areas throughout each level, actually, um, where you can pick up extra lives and things like that. Um, the boss on this is a bit shit. Uh, this is Robocane stroke security robot that definitely isn't Robocane. Yeah, I mean, it's... The bad thing about this is, and you'll find this later in the game as well, is that to beat this boss, you've got to sort of fire at him and then jump the other side of him. But to do that, you use like a zip wire type thing. But as you said... Oh, you know what? It might be Robocane. Oh, really? I'm looking at pictures now. Okay, well... It, either way, he's a bit of a shit because when you try and zip line across, your legs touch him. Uh, and it does damage which to is you. happens in at least two of the bosses in this game which is why when you jump and when you like hit zip lines your legs should come up if they'd actually thought about that element but they didn't yeah so the the mechanic they put in to help you avoid the boss you're basically supposed to shoot the boss as he approaches you jump up zip wire over and drop down the other side the motion of zip wiring over he contacts you 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 have to jump off the zip wire over but the boss are, the bosses are so big you're so big the arenas are so small it becomes kind of it's difficult yeah. to avoid getting hit. Yeah. So, defeat him and you get to the Toxic Farm. Another, uh, actually, yes, this is another pretty cool level. I like this one. I like this level because this is a reference to the Toxic Waste that killed Clarence Bodica. No, it didn't kill Clarence. It killed his buddy um, in yeah. Robocop 1. Aha. Okay. Is that where he gets all, like, melted? and like? Yeah, he's all melted and he's walking up and he's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then Clarence, Clarence comes out, and he's like, "Get the fuck away from me, bro!" Man, the VFX are pretty. Oh, damn it's, cool. it's a meal that it kills. <clears throat> yeah, um, and then Robocop. Uh, no, it isn't Robocop. One of the cops hits him with the car, <laughs> and he just like explodes. Fucking, he's fucking wild. <laughs> nice. The boss on this level is a tank, uh... and they actually they actually wash him off with the wipers. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's brutal. <laughs> Fucking hell. He, like, explodes all over the screen, and the dude instantly puts his wipers on, and it's oh, like... Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> well, that is nasty. But insta-kills when you fall in the very awkward to jump over toxic waste barrels, yes. and when you have two toxic waste barrels next to each other, and they're touching, and you think you can... And they have the little fire coming up, so the, the bit without the fire indicates where you can land. That's a lie. It's a goddamn fucking lie, <laughs> because the bit you can land on is actually only, like, the central third of that. Yeah, it's very hard to land, isn't it? Uh, an extra challenge that wasn't needed, in my opinion. What do you think of the background it's... on this level design? I think it's the coolest background in the level because it's like cell shaded. I mean, all the levels look totally different. You got your... No, not all of them. All the first four, <laughs> the, the last four look exactly the fucking same. I was going to say, like, the, the intro to the game looks like they had a lot more time to do it. Um... Well, that's why they keep recycling bosses later on as well. Yeah, yeah, it definitely shows because the, the first four, I mean, the first four or five levels actually look pretty decent. Um, but certainly the first four, and the, yeah, the backdrop's really cool. It's like all these buildings in like a, a grayscale tone. It looks really nice. Um, mm. Yeah. And then we get on to where it does start become becoming a bit more of a, a samey. Okay, so you're talking about the OCP office. I think the level is great. The levels, it's, I mean... Yeah. I think it's very cool because you're in the office, you've got all the TV screens, you go up through doors for the first time and shortcuts, and you've got like the, the 
the um automatic like shooty things that are mounted on the ceiling that fire projectiles at you. Oh uh, yeah, and all the TV screens got your picture on as if they're like hunting you down, which is pretty. Yeah, cool. yeah, it's it's quite. And there's like droney things and stuff in here, and you do get to the coolest boss of the game, but the one with the worst gameplay. A really, really super cool model sprite of Ed Two Hundred Nine. Looks fucking awesome. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, it's it is a damn good. It's a fucking hard boss. I texted you at this point saying I'm not doing this anymore. Right. How intimidating is it when you get into that area and you have got the screens in the background and you walk into it's clearly a boss arena and then it goes and the screen shakes every time. Yeah, and you're just like, I know, I know what it is. I know, I know who's coming. <laughs> Ed the cunt is the hardest boss. Well, before the final boss, he's the hardest boss in the game. There's definitely a difficulty spike at this point, and it feels like the game's in two halves. And this is like the final boss of the first half. Yeah, it like it really feels. And the story obviously splits into two halves because after this, this is where in the story, Robocop plugs himself into the console, gives Skynet the information they need. He's destroyed. He rebuilds himself in the future. So your next level is in the 2029 war. Or 2029 on onwards war. You wouldn't fucking know that if you just played the game without reading about it. You'd be like, "Where the hell am I?" It's quite common to have to read the manuals back at at this time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, To um, yeah, to talk about the next few levels. Then, so you you start off at the Terminator outpost, where your boss is another Terminator, um, who is just pure endoskeleton. Uh, Hold on, hold on, backpedal, backpedal, backpedal. Oh, go on. I'm not done. Okay. How long did it take you to beat Ed 209? Because this guy's a fuck nugget. The problem with him is if you've got grenades and stuff, you've, it's the same principle as Robocane, who I'm now going to accept was Robocane, <laughs> that you have to shoot, 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 jump, scale across the ceiling, drop down, shoot, 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 shoot. That's fine if you've got a good gun, but the problem is when you die, you lose your good gun, and you inevitably will die a couple of times on this and start at the boss with no option of picking up an upgraded weapon, which means you're killing him with your fucking pistol, which takes about 20 passes. Well, it took me a long, long time. So I eventually used the grenade launcher gun. to start. I wa- I'm not going to lie, I watched a fucking walkthrough in the end. I had to beat him because he just kept annihilating Did it me. give you any help? Was I doing anything more than I should have? So I what, I used, what I did was, as soon as he comes on screen, you launch a load of grenades at him and then up and right so they hit directly on his gun. Um, and you do that about three times and his gun drops off. Yeah, because the, the idea is you're supposed to shoot the gun off and then pick up his gun and finish him off. Yeah, so that does it in about three grenade strikes. And then you pick his gun up. And the aim, if you just stay back at the screen, wait for him to fire his like little rocket thing, jump over that and keep firing at his head, then that'll that'll do him over in about five minutes. And his head comes off and then you get, it's just the legs. Yeah. Like at the end of the movie, when Robocop turns back up at the OCP headquarters and fucking ed 209 comes out and goes your vehicle is illegally parked and then he shoots him with a fucking anti-tank gun or something <laughs> and it's just the legs walking around <laughs> sorry carry on <laughs> no that was, that was good info <laughs> yeah man uh and then you, you just the gun that Emil rocks up with oh man you haven't seen it though, no. well i saw it as a kid but... I, i'm gonna watch it again after all this um you fucking are <laughs> That's not a promise, it's a threat. Um, yeah, so you shoot his legs, and that's that's really easy. They don't really do anything um, at that point. So it's the hard bit is getting the gun and then getting the head. To, But the, the legs are pretty easy. Um, took me ages, absolutely ages, Tom. And I text you saying I'm done with this game. 
you were like, point. fuck this shit. I'm just going to watch it on YouTube and lie to our audience. <laughs> but I didn't do that. I was like, no, You're I like, can't do that. goddamn fools. They won't know the difference. I won't even know if I haven't done it or not. <laughs> but yeah, I, I persevered with the help of a walkthrough and got through it. And I'm glad I did. Well, I'm not glad I did because the next few levels aren't great anyway. <laughs> so yeah, I've talked about the Terminator. Yeah, you, you skip, so you do, you skip forward to the future now and you do... Terminator Outpost, the Underground Complex, and Underground Bunker, which are principally three parts of the same level. I mean, the next, t- like, a Terminator Outpost is just basically like Underground Caves and shit. It's quite cool because it's future war, but it looks very much like the levels from the Alien games and stuff. Yeah. And you're just shooting Terminators instead of regular enemies now, but they seem to go down very fucking fast. Especially if you've got that laser gun that you talked about. It takes them down like two mm. hits. So, um, one thing to mention from this point on is you do get some good tech. Um, you know, you get some cool weapons in here, which is like obviously future. Yeah, you get the future, future tech now, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So you get that gun, which is like your pistol, but it shoots red lasers, which is very much similar to how the Terminators fight. Um, so it's it's quite cool in that respect. You get a bit of variety there. Um, and also, let's be honest, anyone who's fans of the Terminator franchise, we wanted to see what Skynet was. True. Now, obviously, when the film came out, Skynet's an abstract concept. It's the internet, basically. When Terminator came out, I don't think we could detach ourselves enough to be like, yeah, but Skynet wouldn't have a headquarters. It wouldn't be at a place. And probably when this game came out as well, Skynet still had to be somewhere where you could go and defeat it. Mm. I think it was actually Terminator Genesis, as bad as that movie is, which was the first one that really captured the self-awareness of what the, the Skynet being the internet. Um, existing just in a virtual space. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Like, once it's released, there's no canning it anymore. That's it. It's, it's out there and you can't... It's a, it's, a, it's a computer virus, essentially. Yeah, which, yeah, I mean... Obviously... It's just we didn't have the name for it at the time because there was no fucking internet when this came out. There was exactly. no proper established internet. There was no thought concept for what it could be. <laughs> so... it's... But it was that. Like, the thought concept was there. It just didn't have the name to relate it to a real thing. Yeah, I suppose, actually, yeah. It's yeah. funny how it's entirely possible. I mean, that's it's not funny. It's fucking scary. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I like mean, that. can you imagine if, like, in 20 years' time, we end up nailing some sort of AI which is becomes self-aware, which is it's entirely plausible that that would happen. <laughs> but, yeah, hopefully not, because I don't want to live through that. It'd be better if America got a president that was self-aware first. Ooh, Political on for the first time on this show, but you're right, he's a dick. Uh, so Terminator Outpost, as I said, there's a boss there which is just a Terminator in his endoskeleton form. Um, most of the Terminators you fight here actually are going to be just endoskeleton. As a few... well, they only sent the infiltration units back when they needed to infiltrate places, exactly. There, there's a few dotted about, but the main ones you fight are just standard endoskeleton. Um, how did they how did they recognize the infiltration units in the future? Dogs. Do you like dags? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pikey dags. Dags. Uh, yeah. Underground complex comes next, and you battle a. This is a HR Geiger inspired level, if I've ever seen one. With lots of green, lots of sort of green background. It looks and... it's a bit biomechanical, though, isn't it? It's... Mm. Yeah, I think Prometheus. And you're somewhere there. Um, well, if you think though, Prometheus and the Alien franchise was all based on Geiger's designs. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. 
Uh, you, you fight the boss here as a Terminator with a mounted Gatling gun, and you actually fight this cunt twice. Yeah, he's a bit of a bastard as well. Um, best way for me was just using that flamethrower gun because it just annihilates his bullets. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, as you'll notice from us discussing these, it's like the backgrounds are super dark. There's really not a lot of character to these. Well, there's levels. not much to say, really, is there? I mean, like, you, you're doing a lot of the same as you were in the first few levels, but there's just not as much it's going just, on. It's just nowhere, nowhere near. It's interesting. You get to the underground bunker, and <laughs> I don't know what the fuck the boss is there. He's like, I guess in the future of the Terminators, you do see in the movies the hunter killers and the other types of machines they have because the Terminators were only the foot soldiers. Exactly. So I guess this is another Terminator machine that just happens to be walking around in a pit of fire. <laughs> yeah. So for no fucking reason. Yeah, and you've got like a couple of zip wires above him, which again, hard to avoid him using those. Um, uh, and then it's the wall to Skynet, where again you battle the fucking Gatling gun Terminator at the end of. Yeah, and all the brain is just replaced with shiny silver. Yeah, so not an awful. So lot this is the, this is as we have mentioned a few times at the factory setting, penultimate level, stroke last level of all the games released in the nineties. <laughs> yeah, it's becoming so staple to everything we're playing at the moment. It's like right, you've done all the interesting levels, have a factory, <laughs> uh, and then you do get eventually to Skynet itself. Now then, let's talk about. We finally have seen. What is Skynet? It's not as interesting as I'd hoped. That's uh, exactly what you'd expect, though, wouldn't you? Lots of like floaty platforms and things, and yeah, uh, lots of computerized things going on in the background. It's like a big modem. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you, the, the final boss though, Virgin. And you said something to me where uh, you talk about Virgin Games and their final bosses. Well, they can't do them, can they? No, they really cannot do them. We played Aladdin, and they, they couldn't do and it Jaffa. There. J- Jaffa cake. They couldn't do that. Well, they couldn't do fucking Terminator either. Cause Skynet is a big Terminator head. It's bullshit. <laughs> but this boss is really fucking hard, though. Uh, well, only because he fires little nuggets at you. But it's just a big Terminator. Why would Skynet need... A, like, wouldn't this have been cooler... If, for example, you got into, like, it has to represent a humanoid form of some form, I guess. That was the nature of design back then. Wouldn't it have been cool if you got into a server room or something and you had to destroy it? Like, say the whole level was a boss and you had to destroy 20 servers or something and there was a whole lot of automated systems trying to stop you. It would have been a lot better. the more you destroyed, the more it ramped up until you destroyed the last one or something like that. Like the only thing I could see would be acceptable as Skynet as a physical thing would be like a data storage system. Yeah. Like maybe that's acceptable in the law. It being a big Terminator head, Skynet wasn't like there wasn't like a mother Terminator that invented all the others. This isn't <laughs> how it happened. They create the reason the Terminators look like humans is so they can disguise themselves as humans. If you're a human with a six-foot-tall fucking head, I don't think it would be very good disguise. It's just a head as well. It's like, well oh. I presume it's attached to a body. It but if it like is, it what is. they do? What's it doing? Lying down? <laughs> well, it certainly doesn't get up at any point. Planking? <laughs> just, <laughs> just doing my workout, guys. You've walked in at a bad time. Uh, so regardless of the gameplay of the boss, conceptually, this is a fucking terrible, terrible idea. It's a shit show. Um, Considering there was a lot of, I was going to say they put so much thought 
into the concept, but they didn't. Frank Miller did that. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think that games of this uh, era always felt like they had to have this uh, sort of climactic final boss fight. Whereas, as you said, if the whole final level was the boss, that would have been much better. Didn't yeah, like you had to destroy something in the level or yeah. the environment. But yeah, there, there has to be a big bad guy to the story. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, it doesn't work, and it's 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 just a shit final. And, and it, some some people will say to you, "Oh, but games weren't deeply conceptual at this time." When we finally get onto playing Super Metroid, we'll find out that that's not fucking true. Sci-fi games can have a great concept behind the design of the game. Yeah, and and I think they just fall down into Robocop versus Terminator by trying to to have this epic final boss battle and it doesn't work. So now, what I will say is if you decide to play this game organically without save states, you're very unlikely to get past Ed 209. So you're going to see the best half of the game, luckily. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even recommend bothering going past that. Um, you'll, you'll see everything you need to see in the first four levels. And it's a hell of a lot of fun. It is, yeah. I'd replay the first four levels again because they're really good. Um, but I think past that, the enjoyment just it, it dissipates. When we were having quickly. our monthly retro gaming night around here, pre-covid mm-hmm. this was a favorite to have on the system yeah nice no i have them so we, we every month or so i have five or six guys around for beers and what i would do is set up we'd have the switch on the one tv so multiplayer games then i had a tall shelf and i put a tv on there and two arcade sticks and a bunch of emulated arcade games so we have two player arcade machine nice. and then i got a couple of screens on the table with like a super nes and a mega drive with a bunch of games and this was the one that people were like come around and be like because they always are oh yeah tom's the retro game guy and they all like the retro games but they're not collectors they don't play a lot they just want to come and have those childhood memories and have a few beers and some snacks and play games and this one hugely popular yeah what would you do just play until someone dies and then hand over the controller yeah mate, it's past the pad isn't it yeah yeah nice life in turn life in turn life life or level i think that's the (laughs) that's the rule man i miss gaming like that it's uh we're going to get together and do that soon. We're going to we're going to have a weekend, me and Sam, and we're going to sit and we're going to pass the pad and we're going to play some two-player. And we're going to drink loads just, of beers. Yes, loads of beers, not blueberry stout. Now, uh, the SNES version of this game, uh, what was the main difference then to how the Master System game looked and played? Do you think SNES always sounds like like an Eastern European <laughs> saying sneeze? I, uh, SNES? Uh, sne- <laughs> it does now. <laughs> That's yeah. why I always call it the SNES because I can't take the word SNES seriously. I should say whenever it, I yeah. whenever I have the pepper, I SNES. <laughs> God, this was okay. different in the way that it, it did introduce comic style cutscenes, which help I think, given the game of context. But actually, if you do go into the manual of the Mega Drive version, it's quite cool how it explains what's happening on each story. Yeah, yeah, on each story section. But you also get some other bits, like a weird FPS section, which actually mentioning games we've recently played is a bit like the Moonwalker end level. Oh, right, okay, okay. I um, mean, that's but not good. principally, do you remember Ad, how we said that Aladdin had so many similar design elements between the? Mega Drive version and the Super NES version. We did, yes. This has the same situation, even though they're developed by separate people. Now, we know here that Virgin published both, so it makes sense that there was a you know, a, a crossover there and you would have come to some of the same conclusions. Yeah. I do want to go... I want to go back and look at Aladdin and see it, what, refresh must. myself for the publishers of them because yeah, there must have been. there's something in it. So, similar game, but some cool stuff with the Mode 7 section, some nice graphics... 
um, less violent, obviously. Different story. You, you in this one, there's um, John Connor's resistance, so it's got John Connor in it. Uh, okay. You actually help out Flo, a resistance cyborg. Do you play slightly as, uh, different, different but... people, or yeah? Well, no, you play as Robocop okay. still. Okay, okay. But there's there's more story going around. Robocop has some side characters that assist him and work with him. Blah blah blah. We're not really focusing on the Super NES version. Clearly, from everything I've heard, the Mega Drive version is the one to go for if you're going to play this game. But for completion and curiosity, dip in, play the SNES game as well. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, that's what I've heard as well, is that the, the Mega Drive version is superior. And if you do want to play this, okay, so just to give some context, and I'd like to do this with some of the old games we play, you'll pick this up for about <clears throat> 20 quid boxed on the Mega Drive, okay? Yeah, okay. Cartridge only, you're like a tenner. Right, Japan Japanese version five hundred to seven hundred. Jesus Christ, it's <laughs> a bit of a jump. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but so this is like an affordable game to go back and play, and of course, you bastards are just going to emulate it anyway. Yeah, I mean, but that's going to happen. You wouldn't do that, Ad. I wouldn't do that. No, God, I've got my copy. I've got my copy, and that's our company copy. So you are well within your rights to play it any way you feel because we have a copy. Exactly. So oh, you wait till we play something like Little Samson that goes for thousands, and I'm like, we just don't mention the ownership at all. Don't mention how we play it. Uh, okay, so the reception of this game then. Um, let, this is this is your thing, Tom. Tell me how this game was received. Well, this is just actually this week. There's not. So there's not. Didn't really make big waves. This no, I can't. About a, it did. 5.8 out of 10 on the Super NES version. Uh, Electronic Games Monthly didn't get great. Uh, Game Gear version six point eight at ten. Uh, the Genesis version was generally getting seven and eights. Yeah, and it was awarded bloodiest game of nineteen ninety three. Seems so. Fair. There's it's an award winner. It's an award winner. <laughs> That's a quite a narrow category. But yeah, yeah. Okay. Like I wonder how long those game awards went on for. <laughs> um, so received moderately to well. But ultimately, to little fanfare, and I think a lot of that is due to what was happening at the time okay. that this came out. You know, if you give it that context, like we, t- we talked about last week with um, with Donkey Kong released in 1994. Also, this was released in 1993 to 1994 across different platforms. Right, yeah, yeah. These were big years in gaming. There was a lot going on, a lot of big, important releases that shaped the future of gaming, including and not limited to things like Donkey Kong Country, the PlayStation. Of course. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So considering the um, the peers of this game where it was released, it's it actually stands up well, I think. I think so. I think I, I certainly still had fun playing it. Um, I think as we talked about, it does become repetitive halfway through. Uh, but I think if you, you, you play this for... like You said uh, during the Unplugged show, Tom, that you sort of jump into this every every so often just to have a quick playthrough. And I can see why, because it is a blast to, to just have a quick go on. Um, I think that the game could have been shorter in itself. Um, I think there should have been more variety at the end, but that's probably due to time. Uh, and I think that there's some difficulty spikes throughout, which could have really been looked at and improved on if they decided to sort of polish this game. The, bo- the bosses are too hard. They're too hard and there's not enough uh, method methodology of actually getting around them. So... Yeah, it's it's flawed in that respect. Gunplay is good, as you said. It's it's very similar to Contra, um, and 
I can't bring myself to call it Probotector, which is what it was released as in the UK. Fucking hell. Probotector. Just on a side, yeah, just on a side note, Ad, I bid on a copy of that on eBay finally. Did you? Didn't win it. Oh, how much? There was a boxed copy that ended up selling for 46 quid with the manual. Okay. And now this is a game that typically sells for in the 80 to 90 quid region. Oof. Damn it. And I, I fucking offered him 40 and he, re, he bounced me back. It was listed at 50, buy it now. I went cheeky. I offered him 40. He bounced me back an offer of 46. I sat on it for a minute. 20 minutes later, it went, oh, it sold for 46. So he'd obviously bounced his offers out. And I kind of kicked myself in the balls a bit and ended up buying Bayou Billy for 12 quid. <laughs> yeah, you showed me that. What the fuck is that? We'll, we'll get on to that. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, overall then, Tom. So Robocop versus the Terminator. I think, yeah, game that looks pretty nice, plays pretty well. Overall though, what are we going to give this on the 8-bit shit scale? For and on behalf of the People's Democratic Republic of Wales, I'm going to declare this a proper tidy with caveats. Okay. I'm going to give the caveat the fact proper tidy that every single time I play this, I only play the first half of the game. I always die in a two and nine. I never bother save state and I'm pushing on past that. So based on that first half of the game, I give it a proper tidy. If I was to base it on the second half of the game, I'd probably give it a bit of shit. So I guess it falls in all right. But based on what my typical experience of this game is, it's proper tidy. I want to tell you about where I first played this game, Ad. Go on. I first played this game at my sister's friend's house. Right. She had a friend who had a bro, an actual brother, not just like a oh, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. Um, called Rupert. Okay. He was called Ru- Rupert Grieve. Oh, you mentioned this guy on the um, unplugged, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I used to go to his and play it, and I just remember this being I didn't have such adult themed games. Right. How old were you with at the this gore. time? Well, when did it come out? Ninety three. No, so I was like eight. Eight. Okay. Ninety four. Eight or nine. So my mum wouldn't have let me have this on release. Yeah, well, I so imagine. I, I was kind of enamoured by the. I'd seen Terminator by this point because my dad's an irresponsible twat, <laughs> <laughs> as you well know. Yes, indeed. But uh, so he had let me watch Terminator and Robocop at this point. But you know what? That you know formed part of who I am, so I appreciate that. Uh, so yeah, I remember going around playing this. There, and at the time, I was like, "This is like the best game of all time, fucking ever." And I think a lot of that was like, it does play pretty well. It looks gorgeous. And it is, if you're into those kind of movies and you're into those worlds, it's a very, very great representation of them. Yeah. Uh, no, I think that's absolutely fair uh, description. So that's it. That's your official uh, rating yeah, on the tidy. 8-Bit Shit Scale. Proper tidy with some caveats. Okay. Uh, this has been that 8-Bit Shit What show. are you going to give it? Hold on. Oh, well, well I'm, I'm happy to. I will give it an all right from my my. Yeah, I was going to say, don't don't corroborate me. No, I just think your review is fair based on the first half of the game. But I think overall, I would give this an give this an all right because it does suffer in that second half. I mean, don't forget, I've got these rose tinted fucking glasses. Uh, yeah, so you've got some background with this, which whereas I've played it for yeah. the first time this time. So, yeah, uh, cool. So as I said, this has been that eight bit shit show. Um, check. All of our stuff out on happyhourgaming.net where we've got uh, several other shows and cool stuff for you to check out. Some uh, written reviews by our very own Kenneth Fox as well. Um, And some by yourself, Tom. Big up to Ken, that little beautiful Irish bastard. (laughs) You'll appreciate that. He won't listen to this. Um, Old Lucky. (laughs) What, his cousin? 
Lucky. <laughs> Hello. You lucky charms. Hello, I'm lucky. Lucky the fox. Lucky the fucking fox. We're, we're alienating the whole of the Republic of Ireland here. Um, okay. Yeah. Come and chat to us on Discord as well. Um, and you can get involved uh, if you join our Patreon with suggesting some games for us to add. play. Yeah, yeah. If you join the Patreon, you can. You, know, you can, don't even have to suggest. You can fucking demand. You demand us to play. You can, something. You can slap that fat cash on the table. Give us some and weird lay down shit the law. to play. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm I'm well up for playing some random shit that I've never heard of before. Give us one of them CD ROMs that they used to give away in the sun that just pictures of boobs. I'll play that. <laughs> it's going to be a tough review, but we'll get through it. <laughs> right. We're rating the boobs. <laughs> Tom, thank you very much for joining me. As always. And uh, quite welcome. I will catch you again for the next episode of That 8 Bit Shit Show. Good night. <laughs>